Hey, Leah, welcome back to the Warrior EDU podcast. How are you doing? Hi, Jeff. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We are enter. Are we entering into the fourth week of school already? I did just realize that we're like a month in. So like, is this normal state now? Holy cow. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is our normal, right? It's, it still feels so weird to me. I think I was telling you the other day or or someone, it all blends together for me right now. Like I am still just trying to figure out what it means to be a principal right now. Like what is my role right now? What is my job? Because, uh, you know, I walk down the halls and I know people say, oh, come on in, pop in. And, but it just seems so awkward to me still. Like walking down the halls, teachers have their doors closed, obviously, because they're working with kids behind screens. And so it's just, you know, it's just a struggle for me. I don't know about you. And I, I know you're at home. You know, some teachers are at home. Some teachers are here at the building level. So it's just different. Right. Yeah. I think it's, we're all trying to find our place in the world again, it seems like sometimes with this whole year of 2020. Um, and so it's been, you know, I feel like I've gotten into the groove at least and have like, you know, the routine mm. and the habit of day to day now, but I still, you know, on my, on my phone, I get like memories from year ago. To oh yeah. And the things that I'm doing right now online, like a virtual science lab, I'm seeing the pictures that I did last year with them in person. And it just kind of was like a, a little bit of a sad reminder of like, oh man, like this was sure. so different a year ago and it was so much fun doing in person and seeing all the faces smiling. So I definitely, you know, I started to take it for granted because it's been a long time since we've oh been able goodness. to do that, you know? And yeah. so I mean, having those, those interactions, I'm definitely missing and struggling with that sure um, but you know trying to trying to deliver content and get it the relationships and everything through zoom is just been the focus right now and trying to do the best we can with that and sure. then eventually, eventually we'll get back to those things so we will we will get back to them and I, I think this is like i think this is the sixth month mark that we've not had kids in the building it's so surreal Crazy. six months i mean and, i realized with me going on I'll be going on maternity leave in about a week right. or so that i might not see kids for almost an entire year oh which is my goodness I think, I think people, you know, what I've seen overall is that people are really staying positive and really trying to be hopeful and uh, knowing that we're going to get back. And when we do, it's going to be a huge party. I mean, we are going oh, to yes. celebrate <laughs> like it's 1999. Or, or was that a Prince song? Oh, yeah. Okay. Our kids weren't even born. No, then. you're right. You're right. Luckily, I don't think any kids are going to listen to this. This is really geared towards teachers. And speaking of that, have we got a great guest today. So our our very first teacher guest for MCHS is Mr. Ray Haggerty. Ray, how are you? Welcome on. Doing good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Absolutely. We're so excited to get you into the war room and really just talk about you. Who I mean, who's Ray Haggerty, right? Uh, you, you, you've taught here in the district now for just a little while, start of your second year. And um, I'm, I'm super excited to have you in, man. Oh, I'm excited to be here for sure, especially the, you know, you guys hosting and stuff. And uh, yeah, I followed the first one. I was excited about it coming up. And then when you, I saw that uh, the video you made, actually, uh, you were walking down the street and you said, yeah. oh, Ray Haggerty, I want you to come on. I said, man, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. So I'm, I'm excited to be on. 
gauntlet thrown and you picked it up and accepted yeah. the challenge. So Leah and no I way. are really excited no to way. have you here today. And so let, let's just get going, man. I mean, to, you know, for those of you who, you know, our listeners who don't know who Ray Haggerty is, I mean, that's where we really want to start, you know, who, you know, tell, tell us what you do in the district. Um, and you know, maybe a little bit about your journey uh, to get you here to this point. Yeah, sure. No, I, uh, uh, this year I'm a physical education teacher. I'm teaching strength. I'm teaching P for 10 to 12 and P through ninth grade. Uh, last year I was teaching government and psychology. So my beginnings in education were in social studies. Um, as far as who I am, I'm, I'm a warrior through and through really. I, uh, born and raised in McHenry. I've lived in kind of every part of McHenry from the time I was a little kid. I went to Hilltop. I was a Hilltopper and then I went to Riverwood for a year. I went to Valley View for a couple of years. Uh, Parkland, McHenry West Campus, uh, and now here I am back in McHenry. So I met my my wife here. We've been together since high school, and uh, yeah, McHenry kid. I didn't didn't leave McHenry until a uh, month after month after high school graduation. It was the first time I really left McHenry besides going to like the Wisconsin Dells and stuff. And then I was off to Georgia for infantry training, for basic training. And that's where the, that's where my journey started. It was all McHenry. Yeah, and when you say you're a warrior through and through, I think that that especially applies to you with what you just mentioned with your experience with the mm. army. Yeah, yeah, no, the army was a a huge part of uh, who I am, right? A huge part of what I became, a huge part of uh, how I teach. Um, it really molded me, right? There things throughout your childhood mold you. Um, obviously, my family molded me. Being in McHenry molded me. All these things molded me. But I think uh, that that final the final person I became, the, the man I am, the teacher I am, it, it really came from the army. Um, starting, I'd say mostly because of my time in Afghanistan. Um, you know, certain things you do in the military, they're kind of hard, but they don't, they're not the hardest thing you're ever going to do, right? So basic training was tough, but it, it wasn't anything you can't make it through if you just kind of do what you're supposed to do. Airborne school, I went right to airborne school after that. That was pretty simple, right? I just had to run around a little bit and do some push-ups and jump out of planes that was that was not too difficult uh went from there to air assault school which was the helicopters repelling from helicopters and stuff like that um and so basically my first year and a half was pretty much just running around kind of having fun with my buddies you know it's kind of all a it was all a game right i had joined the military um for a future right, to kind of get myself out of a little trouble that i had gotten myself into between my junior and senior years Mm. Um, I, I had some wrestling scholarships and stuff like that, small wrestling scholarships, but, uh, I had to find a different path, right. Cause I'd gotten in that little bit of trouble and the army was that path for me. I remember sitting on this, the match, sitting on the couch, or no, I'm sorry, I was sitting up on a bed in my mom's room and I was watching the TV, just thinking like, what am I going to do? Like I'm in this trouble. Um, I, you know, what am I gonna do? I'm like, I'm 17 years old. I, I have to find something to do. And a, it was a Navy commercial that came on actually. It was a boat and, or actually it was two guys playing basketball and they blah, 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 you know, see the world. And then the camera zooms out and they're on a big ship and it's like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. My dad was in the Navy and I, I, that's the path for me. Mm. And I actually went in and uh, to the Navy first and they said, you know, nope, uh, with the trouble you're facing, you can't, um, you can't join the Navy. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> now what am I going to do? And I was walking out of the building and this uh, army recruiter, Sergeant Sweet like hey hey you talk to the navy you come talk to me i'm like well i can't join i i know i can't join the military i got in trouble and he was wow. like what kind of trouble and i talked to him about it and he's like well i know the uh i know the uh state's attorney he's a he's a national guard guy i'm like really 
He's like, yeah. So he started showing me different jobs. And so I started talking to him on and off. And once it became real, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. You know, I, I want to join the military. He talked to the state's attorney and everything basically, basically went away to very minor charges uh, once I signed that contract. And so I knew my entire senior year that I was going like Sergeant Sweet was at my wrestling matches and stuff like that. There was no uh, thought of, okay, what am I going to do with the wrestling and stuff? Now there was, it was just all, all army. So I went through that whole year knowing that's where I was going. And uh, a month after high school, that's where I went. But um, yeah, the Afghanistan thing, when that, when that happened. So again, it was all fun and games for a while there. And then I watched the buildings fall. I mean, I'm sitting there with my unit and my girlfriend, now my wife called me and she was listening to man cow and she said some man cow muller wow oh yeah man cow in the morning right that's what she was listening to and she called me and i didn't have a tv in my room or anything i, was, I remember it clear as day i was shining my boots and getting ready for the day i had already done pt i was ready to go and she said uh a building or a building in new york got hit by a plane and i was like wow that was really bad piloting you know like wow and then i uh i was like okay i'm gonna go to Payne's room he has a TV. I'm going to see what happened. And I opened the door and I mean, chaos broke out. The sergeants were all just coming up there and everyone downstairs, everyone downstairs, went downstairs to the common area. The whole unit watched it together. Um, I think when it really hit us was when it came across the bottom that something had happened to the Pentagon. And we were like, okay, this is, this is real. Um, and we were told to go outside and we went outside and Captain Cox put us in formation. He said, boys, I don't know where we're going, but we're going somewhere draw your weapons, draw your ammo, get ready. And I was just like, what is going on? Um, and so we spent all day long on the tennis courts, packing, 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 not allowed to talk to anybody, um, packing list after packing list, different things. And we thought we were boarding a plane that day. We didn't know where, but it didn't happen for a few months. But a couple months after that, I was one of the first infantry uh, regiments in Afghanistan. So Marines took hand our air base and we came into Afghanistan and that's really uh, through all the hard times, uh, some of the worst times there, right? It, it made me who I am. Um, and I, I always fall back on this one mission. And I talked to my students about it and stuff. And it was, it was super hot, you know, 100 and maybe 15 degrees and full battle rattle, meaning we had our helmets on, our packs on, our weapons, ammo, everything. You know, you got everything. And it's hot. And we had to go up this mountaintop or to the mountain. We had to get up and over um, to a village. And about halfway up, I didn't think I had anything left. I thought I was totally done. I thought I was completely done. And you get to that point in that situation where you really can't be done, right? You, you can't just be like, you know what? I'm done now. This is no longer fun for me. It was you keep going or you and your brothers are in a lot of trouble. And so I just kept reaching down and grabbing my pant leg and pulling my leg up and pulling my other leg up and pulling my other leg up. And I got to the top. And at the moment, it might not have meant much, but for the years following, it meant everything to me, right? It meant that when I reach that wall, when I've reached that point where I don't think I can go anymore, you can, you just have to reach down and you got to pull yourself up. And that is the philosophy that I took into teaching, right? And that's, that's how I approach my students really. Wow. I mean, what a powerful story there, Ray. I mean, so when you think about how you were just the same age, basically, as some of the students that you're teaching now, when you were going through all of this, just a little bit older, um, right out of high school and everything. So when you think about 
when you look at your students and and reflect on what you were going through and the challenges like how do you bring that into your classroom when you look at your students when they're going through those challenges too mm. you know it, it is it is crazy you know it is crazy to me when i look at some of the students right um last year i had almost all seniors until i started teaching psychology second semester and i'm talking to them and like almost none of them were even born when september 11th happened so one it makes me feel old but two it's like man they they could be going now right um some of my matthew Patton and some of my other kids that were joining the military and i talked to them a lot like they could be headed to the same place i was 18 years ago and i don't know when i'm when i'm approaching my students with uh i kind of my my whole philosophy is the hard work right and it gets that the side of the mountain where you're pulling yourself up and i know that when i was them right i look at the i look at these um kids right and our students and they're sitting in the same rooms that I sat in, right? The room I'm teaching at at West, I, I sat there at one point, right? And I wasn't the greatest student. So I can look at them and I can see myself knowing that that kid that maybe has a D and is just going, getting by, I was there at one point, right? The idea of me teaching at McHenry one day, that was not a thought that I had. McHenry, and honestly, if I go, our 20 year reunion was canceled, but if I go back and tell them, I'm a teacher at McHenry, I'm probably like, what? You did what? You know? Um, so it's not something that I, I saw myself doing, right? And I see that in a lot of my kids' faces. I see them thinking, right, maybe I'm just not a good student and I'm not a good uh, I'm not good at math, or I'm not good at science, or I'm not good at history, or whatever it is. And what I'm trying to get across to them is it has nothing to do with being good at it, right? I got the best grades of my life in college. I got a 3.981, graduated summa cum laude, top 1% of my class. It had nothing to do with me being smart suddenly. It had everything to do with when I left my math class. Every day that I left math, I went to the tutor's office, and then I immediately did the assignment two to three times right? Because I wanted to be prepared. And that's what I try and get across to my students, right? I, I feel that there's so much more to teaching um, than content, right? There was so much more to me teaching government than uh, the Bill of Rights, right? It has to do, I feel like a, an important part of our job is making these people adults, right? Making them ready for life, right? And so mixing that into your content as far as you know, what you have to do to succeed in your life, right? So I want to teach you the content that I'm going to teach you, but I also want to teach you how to get through the hard times, right? And that was a big reason um, that I wanted to switch to PE, right? because it was like my, my greatest strength was being able to get these kids to a point where they didn't think they could do it anymore, they didn't think they could, and then getting them past that wall um, and understanding that you can do better and you can go farther in life. So really when I look at my students, I, I see myself in that, in that time when I was just kind of getting by, right? I, just, I didn't want to do my best, I wanted to, Get, a, get by, right? And I try to impress on them that you're better than that, right? You're, you're stronger than that. You can achieve more than that. You can do more than you're doing, right? And, but it has to be you that knows that. And it has to be you that wants it, right? If you only want the bare minimum, that's all you're going to get. But if you want more, you know, then you can go get it. You just have to be willing to. And, you know, it took a lot for me to get there, right? I had to go through a ton of stuff, right? And, you know, it got to, for me, it was like all these, all these soldiers and stuff overseas um, that were lost, uh, they're not going to be able to live the life I lived. And I had that mindset going into college, right? They're, they're not, I'm the, one of the lucky ones. I'm one of the ones that are going to be able to keep going, right? And 
So I refused to do anything but my best, right? And that led into college and that went into my time at Gage Park on the south side of Chicago, right? I was gonna give everything I had because I'm one of the lucky ones. And so I try and impress that on the kids, right? You can, if you want it, you can get more. You can do more um, in every aspect of your life. And Ray, I, I feel that and in the everyday interactions that I have with you, in the everyday you know, passions that you bring to this job and to the people that you surround yourself with. And, I, and, I, and it's not that I wish that everyone had those experiences that you had, you know, because that's, that's, that's tough. You know, I'm, I'm sure you saw some things that, um, you know, that are, that are hard to think about. But, but what I do wish is for, is for people to um, understand that you have it better than a lot of people do you know and yeah. if you can remember that every day you know you you related this this story um to how you to what you bring to the classroom right but for adults too you know oh yeah when, when i interact with you I, I i feel better you know i feel positive i feel like man i i want to give because because of what you give out you know so i mean and you mentioned, I mean, there's so much there in what you just said, like, like so much more to teaching than just content, you know, and I, I talk about this all the time, because if you have the connections with kids, the content is going to stick, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I can't tell you, how, you know, and we do, I think, such a phenomenal job of that, of building connections and relationships with kids. And I need for everyone to understand that, all of our listeners, that if you have the connections with kids, the content sticks. That's the important part. What, but what advice would you give, you know, to, to a, a T, and I know this, you know, you, you, you can kind of still be considered a rookie in, in this in this whole teaching gig, Ray. I mean, what advice would you give to teachers coming in right now, living in this unknown situation, right? Where we're, we're, we have a national pandemic, a, a global pandemic going on. We, yeah. we, we're not in front of kids face to face. And I mean, is there anything that, you know, the army has taught you that your life experiences have taught you um, that you can give to teachers about, about sticking through it and, and bringing your best every day, no matter what? Well, honestly, what I'd like to hit on right there with, with what you're talking about is the, the focus on the relationship, right? With our, with our um, kids. I think it's so important, right? I think it's, so important not just for the kids but for you as a teacher right and the content that you do want to push out there because and i think it really started for me at gage park gage park was a tough place um a lot of a lot of gang violence a lot of problems but you know, i loved it there right because one of my strengths is the building of the relationships right and once you were able to build that relationship you didn't have all those problems that other teachers would have right they were just kind of being like totally hardcore like shut up and sit down, right? That did not work there. It didn't, right? If there was not that sense of mutual respect, then you're going to have, you're going to have chaos, mm -hmm. right? And you're going to have a lot of problems because it was a, it was, um, it was a cultural thing, right? Um, in the sense that maybe out here, it's different where they just say, you know, sit down and be quiet, right? And the kid just sits down and be quiet. And then they talk about it with their friends afterwards, like, hey, why was Mr. Haggard being a jerk, right? But out there, there was more to it, right? There was more in the sense that, um, there's a lot of problems in the neighborhood that they're dealing with, right? And they bring that into the classroom. And so when you go hard at a kid like that, 
they're not looking at it as like, okay, I just got to sit down. They're looking at it as all these people are watching this situation happen and I'm being disrespected and I'm not doing anything to respond to that, which then leads to me having problems on the walk home today, right? That's, that's going to be a problem in their life, right? Mm-hmm. And so seeing those things, I started taking the, the outside of school stuff into my classroom, right? I need to deal with this stuff first in order to have a classroom that manages properly and I can get the content, I can get the world studies content out because there's a huge wall in these kids' lives, right? Where they're dealing with all these horrible issues of violence in the neighborhood and poverty and stuff like that. And if you aren't able to break down that wall, right, then that's all you're going to keep running into. Just pop, your head's just going to keep bashing into the wall, right? You got to get to these kids' hearts. Um, And that's, and I carried over obviously to all my teaching, right? I want to have those relationships so that I know that I can help them when it, uh, when time comes that they need the help and not just, you know, the bill of rights or whatever like that. And so if I was talking to a new teacher, I would stress to them that it isn't, it's super important to, you know, take the time to, to build those relationships. I know we got to push out content. I know you, I've been on both sides of it. You know what I mean? Right now I don't have as much content to push out. Right. But I've, I've taught history. I've taught like, you know, I know you got to get that content out, but some of these kids are going through stuff that you just might not know about. Right. And if they don't feel comfortable with you at all, right, they might not tell you everything, but if they know you actually care about them, um, what's best for them, right? Not just that the worksheet wasn't fully completed, because if you maybe look a little bit deeper, maybe they had a really rough night at home, right? And I had a student last year that, you know, once she, uh, once she became comfortable enough with me, she was letting me know a lot of stuff. And we got the social worker involved and, you know, she was in and out of a hotel and it wasn't with family members. It was by herself, you know, and she was dealing with a ton. So it's like, okay, why didn't you do this homework? I could be a jerk and be like, why didn't you do the homework? You know, you were supposed to have this done on Monday. But then once you, once they're comfortable enough to let you know what's going on, it's like, oh, I understand why you don't have this homework done. (laughs) And you can turn it in next week. And so I would stress to uh, newer teachers that, you know, that is extremely important part of our job, right? Having those relationships with those students so that they feel comfortable in that classroom. Because once the students feel comfortable in your classroom, once you have that mutual respect, then the content flows, right? Then they're going, then, then, then they're on their cell phone playing on their Instagram or something like that. And you can look and be like, Hey, I need you to, and they, they have that respect for you where they're just going to, okay, I got you. Right. It's not an argument. It's not a fight. It's they know that I want what's best for them. So they're going to put it down. Right. So for any teacher, I would say, um, that's newer, I would say, stress those relationships, build those relationships. When you see them in the hall, talk to them. If they look sad, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? What's wrong? You know what I'm saying? And that's something I would do all day, you know, walk in the halls when the students were here. I'd see someone, are you okay? Everything okay? You having a good day? Blah, blah. Just the little things like that to the point where they know that you're there for them, it leads to an entirely different and, and better, I feel, a classroom environment that leads to better learning. So I feel it's extremely important. Yeah, and to that point, Ray, I think you know, so many good points there, and I think it starts initially with you know as a first year new year new teacher, you take things personally a lot, and so you think that when a kid's acting the way that they are, that it's 
personal. And I think it takes experience that you're mentioning to understand that there's so much more going on outside those classroom walls to be able to consider and that it's usually never personal. And that once you find right. out, you know, once you, once you realize that and you show them that you care, then it's, it's much easier from there on out. So. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And that's what honestly I loved what last year when we were all together over there, it's like, I felt like there was a very um, common goal in the sense of, uh, I'm going to say it wrong now, <laughs> but, but here, um, you were very much like that, and Dr. Prickett was outside, you know, on the Wednesdays, and you were all giving fives, and you're walking the halls, it was like, man, this is, this is where I want to be, right, this is, this is what I like, this is very much in my, in my zone, right, my alley, this is what I like, so I, I felt like a lot of people were doing that, but definitely it's stressing for those first-year teachers to be huge. Absolutely, man. I mean, uh, you, you know what? And I think that a lot of, um, I, I will tell you, b before I came to the high school level, I was all elementary and middle school for my whole career. And this is, this is year 24 for me. And um, I, I got, you know, just what, what I do, you know, and what, what I feel like we should all be doing is all because of what wasn't done for me, you know, unfortunately. I would walk the hall uh, when I was a first-year teacher, um, walk the hall, and my principal would be walking this way, and I'd be walking that way, and uh, he wouldn't even look up. Like, it was just him and I in the hallway. I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, man, you can't even look up and say hi to me, you know, like ask how I'm doing, seeing, seeing, seeing just how things are with me. Uh, you know, I'm here. <laughs> I can tell yeah. you, you're in your Blackberry, but I know you know that I'm here. It's just you and I. And so I promised, you know, like right then that um, things would never be that way for, for the kids in any school that I ever stepped foot in. And so I, I've, I, you know, everything you say speaks to that philosophy. I mean, you, you, you're, you're supposed to be here, you know, Ray. So yeah, and it's honestly, it's been just great. Uh, since moving back to McHenry or coming back to McHenry, it's just been incredible. And, that, and not just, you know, it's been a lot of people, a ton of people, like Absolutely. the whole community in the sense that, you know, and I would say I loved my time at Gage Park, but there were some leadership faults. I had an incredible assistant principal, um, but there were some leadership problems for sure. And here it's just been, I mean, it's just a, such a community, right? Getting into social studies last year, I was nervous about that, right? I was nervous about coming back. I had been out of education for a little while, right? I did my Gage Park. I was a, I was a dean there for a couple of years and I, I did my, my time at Gage Park, but then I got out, right? And I was doing other stuff for about five, six years. And so I took the social studies gig um, knowing that I wanted my foot in the door to get this PE job. I had gone back to school to get the PE job because I knew what, what I really wanted. But I was nervous about it. There's no doubt about it. And uh, but like I always tell my kids, man, you gotta face, you gotta face it. You, you know what you want. You can see the end of the road. My, I, I could see the end of the road for me. I just gotta get through this and do it, right? And it went great. But those first couple of days, right? I, I never worked with this type of the technology, the schoology, all this stuff. And everyone is just unbelievable, man. I mean, from you know Namakudis and Sterner and. Uh, Staganga and Lunk and the Nemix and everyone, they were, oh, you need this, you need this, you need that. Pelletier, right? I was teaching psychology and I was like, psychology to me was like, oh man, I, I'm going to do this because I can do anything I set my mind to. But I was like, this is not my background, you know? And I'd sit in her room and we were talking, you know, there'd be me and Belinsky and her and we, we were talking one day and she's like, I'm like, oh, I'm doing this stuff on the brain and oh gosh. And she's like, oh, I got sheep brains. So we can do this. Here, let me show you how to do this. And so the teamwork aspect that I found at McHenry um, is going to be huge for any new teacher. I feel like any new teacher coming in here at McHenry is like really lucky because there's just been such a team 
uh, teamwork aspect of it as far as like, you need this, let me help you out. Right? Absolutely. I, I think well, that's so that, critical. Always at the ready with sheep brains, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that went really brain. well. That went really well. The kids love that. We got sheep brains, right? Yeah. You need the sheep kids, brain, we got sheep brains. <laughs> yeah, I got four. I got four last year. So. <laughs> but just like, you know, collaborating with our teachers and stuff, you know, working with our teachers, it's been really it's been really great, you know, and everything, once I was back in the classroom, everything was totally fine. It was just like nothing had left, you know, okay, boom, I'm teaching government, you know, let's go, let's do it. It was awesome. But, you know, those initial days coming up, it was like, man, it's been a little while. I don't know all this Schoology, P4R, this and that. Oh my God, what's going on? Where's my DLC at? I say that all the time. I say that all the time. Like, I need my DLC right now. I don't know how to do this. And what do you know? Pella TA comes to the rescue. There she is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But you're right, Ray. I mean, so many people can, you know, out of, I was just jokingly saying come to the rescue, but it's so true. I mean, so many people, like you ask anybody um, and and they're, they're there for you. And I think that's what's, what's critical. And I think it's important for people to remember too. Like if you're, if you're going in on a job interview and you're a new teacher or a veteran teacher and looking for a new job, ask questions at your interview, right? Because you're interviewing that district too. You want to make sure that that's a good fit. And so sure. uh, I, I know, I think you found your fit, Ray. Oh, no, I definitely did. It's been, like I said, it's been great. So it's another thing like from the army, right? Where that team aspect, right? Everything's kind of a, you're working mm. together, right? We all have different duties and different jobs and we're going to work together to get everyone home. Right. And it was just, it was very much like that. So I'm very, very willing to ask for help if I need it. Right. I've, I've never been not willing to. And you know, those people that step up and, and do it, you know, like uh, Miss McCarroll last year, leading the psychology I was willing to do the hard work I needed to do and I'm going to take psychology class <laughs> I'm going to come in first semester every day into your class but she was willing to you know have me in her class every single day and then teach me the other stuff that I that I was not as strong as stuff with psychology so you know that team aspect is important in anything in life and I've definitely found it here awesome Awesome. Ray, as we wrap up uh, today, we're just so thankful to have you on and, and kick off this, uh, this series. I mean, you're officially episode number one. You know, we had an intro episode with our friend Jim Love, and uh, you're officially episode number one. I mean, give us one thing that you're hopeful yeah. for or thankful for. One thing that you're hopeful for. Leah, I think that future guests, you know, like if you're the 19th guest, you have to give us 19 things that you're hopeful for. Yeah, so you you get it easy, yeah. Ray. Maybe number one. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. So you, you got one, it easy, boy. man. So yeah. give us one thing that um, you're either hopeful for or thankful for. Well, I think the easiest one here, and I'm not going to just go with that, but the easiest one to be hopeful for is obviously having the kids back in, right? I, yeah. I really, really am hopeful to that this whole situation is calmed down at some point where we can get the kids in and I can really dive in uh, with all the things I've wanted to do in PE. Um, but I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, everyone's doing well and doing good and, um, you know, everything is going pretty well with the PE aspect. It's hard, like digital, right? But I found sure. myself, I found, uh, I found a way to kind of focus on my strengths and focus on what I want to do for these kids and kind of doing it digitally. So I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, that keeps going well because I know the relationships have started to form and one person has already reached out to me that, you know, needed help and I was able to get them the help they needed. And so I'm hopeful that those uh, relationships continue to build and get stronger um, if we stay digital so that, uh, you know, we can have those relationships with those kids and help them when they need it. Because that, that's a real worry of mine in the sense that 
there's a lot of kids, maybe freshmen, right? Uh, let's say freshmen in particular, that if they were in the building and six teachers saw them every day, they could notice something was wrong yes. and they could point them in the right direction. But here now, they're maybe just the Zoom screen and it's kind of dark in their room and you don't exactly know what's going on with them. And they're freshmen, so they don't know what the social workers' names are and they don't know who these people are and they don't know where to go to get the help. And I've been stressing that these first few weeks as far as I want to build a relationship with you. I want to look at the posters on your walls. Tell me about that. Tell me about this, you know. Um, and it's been paying off. Like I said, one, one student has contacted me and they needed some help and we exchanged a few emails and then I got her with the right people. And Great. I'm hopeful that that continues because I do really worry about um, the fact that there are kids going through hard times and we're not seeing them. Yeah. I feel like one of the six of us, one of the seven of us that had them would have maybe picked up on it, but now we're not seeing them. And so mm -hmm. that worries me. I think you took, you know, you, you finally reached your PE goal and then we're digital and you could have easily let that just like frustrate you. And I think you took this situation in such an inspiring way of saying, well, what can I do in this way? And you can, like you said, ask them about the posters on their wall and build those relationships and the meaningfulness that you're building that you're then being able to get kids that might need some help, I think is just an amazing way that you've spun this digital world into making it something that, you know, is really meaningful for these kids. So I, I appreciate it. And like I said, I am definitely hoping because I've been on both sides of it too, though, as far as um, we just don't have to push out as much content right now as I would have if I was teaching government or if I was teaching psychology, right? And our biggest focus right now is we want to have activity level for the kids right? Because they're just sitting in front of a screen. They're not walking the halls. They're not walking the stairs. They're not walking to the gym. They're not having gym. They're not, they're not having these things. So we want to focus on the activity level. And, um, you know, a lot of the PE teachers have been coming up with great ideas, right? Where, you know, we're letting them do uh, track my run with longboarding or whatever it is that they want to do to just be active. And then the rest of that time, we do have that opportunity to say, hey, you know, let, let me take a couple minutes and just how are you doing? Are you okay? Yes. You know, we don't have homecoming games. We don't have all these things that they're, they're missing a lot. They're missing their freshman year. And so um, I feel thankful that um, I'm in this position to be able to be that teacher that can take the extra time uh, with them as individuals. And then they can hopefully a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month from now, feel that comfort level to be like, hey, I need, I need, a, little something. I need a little help. So I'm thankful for that. Love it. Love it. For you. Yep. And we're thankful for you. And I think that uh, that is going to come to fruition. We're going to be back. And at, but at the same time, you know, uh, since we're as long as we're not, I think that um, you and every other teacher out there are doing their very best job they can to make sure that they catch yeah. those kids, you know, and, and make sure they don't fall through the cracks. And, um, and uh, you know, we just have to be very observant and very cognizant. So thank you for everything yeah. that you do. Ray, thanks for coming into the war room today and being on the Warrior EDU podcast with us. Leah and I are very thankful for you. Yes. And uh, you, we're just so excited that you were, you know, teacher number one here in, in wow. on, on the podcast. So I can't wait for everyone to hear your story. <laughs> and, um, you know, we just wish you the very best. So well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate everything you guys do. All right, everybody. Ray, thanks so much. Leah, see you next Ray. time. We're looking for a baby Pelletier sometime soon. Yeah, we'll have another co-host next episode. <laughs> days away. Right. Just days away.
All right. Have a great day, everybody. All right. You too. Bye. Thank you.